So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Single on Purpose podcast. I'm here with Mildred Murillo. Murillo, I'm always butchering your name, and I'm so sorry. (laughs) And she's an astrologer and spiritual coach. I'm Ashley Torrent, and I'm a psycho-spiritual therapist and intuitive medium. And we are the hosts of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. And um, we've been having our one-year anniversary was this month, and we thought we really wanted to share our conversations with the single on-purpose audience. So today, we're going to be talking about how does being in unhealthy or healthy relationships affect our relationship to sex? How does feeling safe in our bodies translate to our sexuality? And um, Millie came up with this topic, so I thought she could introduce like what inspired this conversation. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you for anyone who joins us and listens in. As Ashley mentioned, she and I are co-hosts of another podcast called the Blue Butterfly Effect Podcast. And so uh, this is just an extension of that. Uh, You know, this topic for me came up because in the last year, I have been doing a lot of nervous system work. I started working with a coach uh, December 2021 around healing my nervous system in connection to money, actually. That's where that started. And my, my relationship to money, my stories around money, all of that. But at the end of the day, nervous system work is nervous system work. And so I think that we move into it with one intention, or at least that's what happened with me. I moved into it with one intention and... And it turned out to be an absolutely uh, life-changing experience. And so what I noticed was that my relationship to my body began to change. Therefore, my relationship to sex began to change, began to deepen uh, my, my relationship with my partner, particularly when it comes to sex changed and it became different. And uh, even my my orgasms and the way that I felt them, the way that I allowed myself to, to have them, all of that changed. And so I thought that th- that would be, this would be an interesting topic because I think that for any of us who have any kind of trauma, right? Uh, you know, all of that is stored in our bodies and it, we protect ourselves for many years to the best of our capacity. And a lot of times that looks like not letting anyone in 
and not just physically, because we can let people in physically, be intimate with people physically, but not really be there, particularly mm -hmm. when it comes to sex. We can be in the act of sex, but not in it with the person, and maybe not even in our bodies with ourselves. It's just kind of a, a thing that we do. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I love this topic because trauma keeps us disconnected from our bodies. And, you know, I don't think any of us escape this life without some form of trauma. But depending on the degree we have, some of us can be very dissociated and very disconnected from our bodies, which means we don't know what gives us pleasure. Um, sometimes we can't feel pleasure in the way that maybe we could if we were more connected to our bodies. Um, some of us have trauma around sex, which means we even even more so don't know like how our body would really respond to sex if we were feeling in a more healthy relationship to it or that trauma was healed. I know for me personally, I have complex PTSD, which means that, you know, someone with complex PTSD has repeated trauma over a long period of time. So, you know, up until I was maybe 25, 26 years old, um, I was in this repeated abusive relationship with my mother, both physical, emotional, and psychological. And um, I've done so much work to heal on that, heal in that. Um, and something I noticed when I entered my relationship with who the man who is now my husband, we've been together about 22 years. I think it was about the second year in, um, I would orgasm and all of a sudden I would start crying, which can seem like, oh, um, but it was because I was entering my body. Like my heart would open and I would start sobbing and the energy would just rush from, you know, my head down into my feet. And I would just feel so open hearted and so alive. And he knew what was happening and he would kiss my face and kiss my tears. He was so sweet. And I just, I never felt that way. I never felt that alive. And unfortunately, you know, it took me a long time before I could feel more connected to my body you know, without sex, um, I had to really look for things that grounded me. But there's something beautiful that sex can give us as far as this goes. But if we're not in a good relationship with our body or not in a healthy relationship to someone else, it can actually be more traumatizing or more damaging. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think that we allow ourselves to receive anything really, but especially love, connection, and intimacy with someone else, you know, to the degree that we, essentially to the degree that we feel safe to do so. Mm -hmm. And if we, and if that hasn't been something that we've experienced or has been modeled in some way, we don't really know what that looks like. We, we just, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. At least that, at least that, that was my experience for a really long time because uh, I've been with my partner now for six or seven years and he is the first man that I have felt the safest with uh, when that I've allowed myself to receive from him, to receive pleasure from him. But it's been a long, it's been a long road. And mm -hmm. so in the last year, that I've been doing nervous system work and really feel in my body more than I ever have in, in my life, it's, there has been a lot more surrender, a lot mm -hmm. more softening, 
a lot more willingness to be, to make eye contact, to really be present in the moment. Well, as before, um, before meeting him and, and I was single, I was, I was very sexually active, but I very much took the role of the masculine. I very much, I, I, I didn't necessarily shy away from sex. It was a release, but it wasn't something where I was in a very feminine space. I wasn't really allowing myself to, to, for the other person to give me anything. I was out there. I wanted what I wanted to get something out of it and then bounce one and done kind of thing. And so to me at the time, it was just, I'm just, I'm just single and this is just what I do. But it took me a long time to realize there was, I, I, not only was I afraid to an extent to be intimate and to really let someone in and see all of that of me, I just, I also didn't know how to be. I think that's so, such a good point and so interesting because I think we, we forget how intimate sex can be and is, it is one of the most intimate acts, especially as a woman, I feel to have, um, you know, if you're with a man, to have a man enter your body, you know, right. or I guess anyone enter your body. It's, it's a very vulnerable act, I imagine, for anyone. I'm speaking as a heterosexual woman. Um, right. To have someone enter your body or touch you in certain ways or just be that physically close to you in that space. And I think if we don't, if we don't know ourselves and we can have this dangerous relationship to sex. It can be very transactional, but it can also become abusive in some ways, abusive to our bodies. Like we think we're in control um, or we think we know what we're doing, but it's often unconscious. It's very unconscious. Like, you know, different people, they, you know, they do different things with sex that they could be possibly seen as dangerous. You know, I've had clients that have put themselves in dangerous situations, but to them, this was the only kind of intimacy they've known. And as they've healed, they look back and they're like, wow, I put my body in such a dangerous place. And so I think if no matter what kind of sex you're going to have, it's important to really pay attention to what are your beliefs about sex? What is your relationship to your body? What is your relationship to what you like or don't like? What are your boundaries? I mean, I grew up, I think when I, I think sex to me was defined in a very shameful way. Um, I grew up in a Christian fundamentalist home. Um, you know, men, it was okay for men to want sex and have sex and desire women. But, you know, I grew up also at a time in the 80s and early 90s when it was like women were sluts if they were sexually interested. So you were, you know, you were a slut. And also so much of what I saw through pornography found in like my friends' homes, you know, there were, you know, Playboy or Penthouse magazines um, by the toilets in every bathroom. You'd just be like, oh, as a seven-year-old, I'd be like, what is this? And I remember looking at pictures or, you know, my mom's boyfriends, I'd see their magazines and I'd be looking at pictures. And I grew up with this belief that, I was supposed to be that in the bedroom, you know, or there was something mm -hmm. wrong. And mm -hmm. you never looked at those pictures. I don't think, I don't know what pornography is like now. I don't really, I don't watch it um, or look at it, but it used to be like women were always pleasing men. Mm -hmm. And that's the sexual identity I had. I was um, very monogamous, but when I would be in relationships, um, I never thought, what do I like? I never wanted to receive pleasure. It was very uncomfortable. I mean, especially because I grew up at a time where women's bodies were considered 
you know, if they weren't the ultimate sexy, they were gross. You know, I mean, it was the time of douching and, you know, people were trying to sell you douches and all sorts of things to make yourself clean. So I grew up in a time where there's this, you know, sex identity with females in pornography or like Christian shame or women's bodies are dirty. So it was like, how can I make myself please this person? And I don't think I had any partners till my husband that ever asked me, what do you want? They just told me what they wanted. And I obliged. And I look back and I, I'm like, wow, I was so disconnected. And whatever pleasure I may or may not have gotten, it was not embodied pleasure at all. And it's heartbreaking. So my point being is if we don't take the time to ask questions like, what do I like or don't like about sex? What do I want or don't want? You know, then we're going to end up doing some sort of maybe like unconscious trauma to ourselves and we're going to betray ourselves over and over again. Yeah, I, that, that really lends and resonates because Mm -hmm. I think I can think of, and I'm saying this mindfully, but I can think of so many instances where, and I have thought about this and, and even with my, my closest friend, we have talked about situations that we put ourselves in the past in Mm -hmm. particularly um, when it came to sex and, and you're right, there is this component of a bit of danger, recklessness, mm-hmm. uh, unsafe, uh, unsafe circumstances, just things that, and my, and for those of you that are listening, this, there's no, we're not coming from a place of there is a right way to do sex. There is a wrong way to do sex or not there is, this is right or this is wrong. We're, we're speaking strictly about how embodied are we? Are we embodied enough to really understand and know what we want and desire sexually? And so when I was putting myself in these situations, no, I was not embodied. But what I was, and and my experience was was kind of the opposite of, a little opposite of Ashley's in that, I didn't care what the other, you know, I, I was with, with men. I didn't care what they wanted. I didn't care what they expected of me. It was, I'm going to go in and get what I want. And it was, there was a part of me that was because there was an expect, expectation of women and there was still that, uh, that rhetoric, you know, that, that narrative mm-hmm. that if women uh, have a lot of partners and they're sluts and, you know, all of those horrible things. And I embraced it. And I was like, so what? You can't have me. I get to get out of you what I want. Right. And it was, it, it was really interesting because I think on it now, and it was coming from a place that was very protective, very hurt, very scared. Um, but it was, I wasn't going to be labeled and and if people were going to label me particularly the men that I was intimate with that I didn't really have much respect for to begin with which now I think about it I'm like where why why was I there right Mm -hmm. Uh, why did I put myself in that situation with them um it was somewhat of an act of rebellion against that Mm -hmm. uh but it was also it was also you know to an extent 
being somewhat reckless. And I say reckless because I wasn't always safe. And I mm-hmm. think about that now and I'm like, <laughs> that's absurd to think about that now. Well, you know, when you're dissociated or acting mm-hmm. from a place that's not embodied, you right. know, there's a difference between like what we're talking about. If you're going to choose to try all kinds of things, whether it's multiple partners, whether you want to have one night stands, whatever you want to be in, in a monogamous relationship, whatever you choose, right. checking in to see if you're, you can be present during sex. And if you can't, I can't tell you my, for myself, I know you've talked about this. I've spent, I spent a lot of time early on being dissociated during sex. I could not be there fully. And I don't know that a woman has come into my practice that has had a healthy relationship to her body and sex in that way. I would say 90% of them have dissociated during sex. It doesn't mean they don't want to be there with their partner. It doesn't mean they don't orgasm, but for most of it, they can't be there. Um, and it's dangerous for them. The intimacy is dangerous. Like being that close to somebody is dangerous. So I would really encourage, you know, like I think about what you're talking about or how I was, I think one of the things is just being so disconnected and um, not having done the healing so that I could be, or these women that they're talking about being present during sex and to have those appropriate boundaries. Um, And, you know, I think learning you know, and not being ashamed of being dissociated, like not noticing, oh my gosh, because some people may listening may be like, oh my God, I'm in my head all the time when I'm having sex. It's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's something to notice. And if you're, if you're with a regular partner, it might be important to ask why, how can you take up more space in that relationship? Is your partner encouraging you? My husband was encouraging me. He was like, I would like to give you pleasure. I would like to do these things. What do you like? What do you want? And I was like, I don't even know. Don't really want to find out for a while. I was just like, what we got is good, you know? Um, And then over the years, it's really blossomed as I've healed. Like our sex life has blossomed and it's gotten more exciting and more interesting. And you'd think people would think it's more stale, but it's the complete opposite. Because for me, the safer I feel with someone, um, then I can just fully express myself. So yeah. Uh, such a good point. Such a good point. I Because I remember uh, one of the, f- the first time that my partner, I was trying to rush I was trying to rush the foreplay, right? Because I, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to lead up to something and let oh, it be yeah. sensual and let it be slow and let it let it be intimate. I didn't know that. And I remember the first time he pointed out, it's okay, just slow down. Mm-hmm. And so when he said that, I thought, oh shit, I'm doing that thing. I'm doing that with him. And I don't, it, it almost felt like it gave me anxiety to move that slowly and to not get it over with already. Wow. And I thought, holy shit, this is, this is crazy that, that, you know, that told me a lot of where I was at. And so can I I share? Sure. How did that feel for him to see you? Right. Oh my God. That's such a great question. That was kind of part of the shock. That was part of the shock of, oh, he, he cares. Paying attention. <laughs> he cares. He wants to enjoy me. He wants mm-hmm. to enjoy this. Right. And uh, I'm getting emotional now. 
No, I am too. I mean, he's, you know, when someone's paying attention that closely, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. It's so beautiful. For, for him to say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. That was what really tugged at me. And I, and that's when I really started thinking about what is my relationship to, not just to him, to, to me, to sex, to my body. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, it's been, and it's been a long process similar to you, right? It's been like, and it's not that I don't trust him. It's not that I don't love him. He's, he's wonderful. It's just the body knows what it knows and the body will cling on to it for dear life because it does feel like it's clinging on to dear life. It's yeah. what keeps us safe. And so again, healing my own nervous system, getting in touch with my body has changed my connection to him and my openness to try different things, to do different things. Like you said, to express myself, but, and more than anything, I think that it has given me a different like level of reverence and respect for me as a woman, for my body. Um, Aside from sex, this is the best that I have ever felt in my own skin. Mm -hmm. And I used to be someone who used to work out six days a week, sometimes twice a week and run a million miles. Like I wanted to, you know, put my, I put my body through so much strain because I was uh, searching for this perfection with my body and I constantly fluctuated and I, it was, my hormones were not leveled, all kinds of things, because again, I wasn't in my body. And now be again, it, and, and mind you, this is, this is still a, like an ongoing thing. This isn't something where I was quote unquote fixed. And, and now I never have to work at this again. This is, this is just a different level of awareness that I have. Mm -hmm. And so now feeling better within my body, yeah, my, my sex life is better, but I also feel good in my skin and I appreciate my body differently. Well, you bring up a really important point because the level of perfection that I've heard women, and again, I haven't heard a lot of men. I haven't, you know, I don't have a lot of clients that are men that talk about this, mm -hmm. um, but I've heard women say they can only have sex in the morning because their stomach gets bloated in the afternoon yeah. or they won't, you know, they won't have sex at night because they'll feel, um, you know, like they won't look their best. It has to be in the morning right after their coffee and their morning workout. And then they feel the sexiest. And I understand if that's how you feel, that's not a judgment. But what I notice is it's this, this fear of not being perfect, this fear of maybe being a little bloated after eating lunch and in the afternoon or not after a shower, you know, first, you know, right out of a shower, maybe you don't feel as like clean or fresh or whatever. There are partners. I'm, I mean, I know my husband doesn't give a shit. Right. <laughs> he is like, I love you. I will take you any time of day. You let me know. It's, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's important to notice that I think this level of perfection is often in our own minds, mm -hmm. you know, and if we're having sex with someone that requires that type of perfection, then I think it's important to ask ourselves, is this fun for us to live up to that standard? Or could do we need someone who could relax a bit? Um, but make sure you're on the same page and that you're not requiring that of yourself because that's what the person wants. But I bet you 
those women that are requiring perfection, I bet you a lot of their partners don't care. Don't yeah. care about more than half the things that they worry about. Um, and so I just, you know, I think it's important to kind of know that so much, this goes back to our bodies. Like what is our relationship to our body? And, you know, again, if that's what makes you feel safe to have sex in the morning, you do you, but pay attention to why. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on a question that has come up. Uh, where is it? Okay, here it is. Um, I think this was asked in our podcast Instagram. I don't remember, but the question is, do you believe that having multiple sex partners can impact your energy negatively? Um, and I think what they probably meant to say was like your, you know, your, your physical, uh, your uh, spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's a lot of talk around that. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I'll be honest. I've never had multiple sex partners. Um, but I'm, I have no, like, just because I talk as um, a heterosexual monogamous person doesn't mean I don't think other, you know, I'm, I don't support other types of sex or anything. So, you know, as, you know, someone who works in the intuitive realm, um, I think this is like anything else, you know, why are we doing it? Are we doing it? Because I know polyamory is a big deal right now. And I've talked to people who feel pressured to move away from monogamy and feel like it's uncool and boring and stale. And again, I say, why are you doing it? You know, whatever you're doing, why are you doing it? Is it because it's good for you or what you want? Um, and I think if we're having multiple sex partners, I think it is. It's like I could have lunch with somebody and be impacted by their energy. So I don't think it harms us, depending, but it depends on the type of person. But I think we need to be mindful of who we're having sex with. Notice how you feel afterwards. And you might want to sage yourself. You might want to just check in with how you feel. Like, did that feel like an experience that you really enjoyed? Do you want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Um do I think it can disrupt us permanently? No, but it might just be like, if you're very empathic, you might pick up on that other person's stuff and take some of their energetic baggage home. I mean, their body is touching you. So do like you would do it. Like if I went to a concert or hung out with a group of people, I have to just reset my energy. So I would recommend that. And I really think it also goes back to your intention. Like, what are you trying to prove? Are you just out having a good time, doing it in a way that makes you feel safe and enjoyable? Is this all about your pleasure? Awesome. And then just check in with your body afterwards. Totally agree. I mean, I can't really add much more to that. I I definitely feel similarly. I think the point is, what is your intention? What do mm-hmm. you want? What do mm-hmm. you like? What do you want to experience? And these questions the answers to these questions have to be clear within you. What does your body feel? If you do ask yourself those questions, what does your body feel? What does your body tell you? What part of your body expands or contracts when you ask that question? And if there's a contraction in the body somewhere, can you allow yourself enough time to see what that really means? Mm -hmm. Um, Can you honor it in the moment and not betray yourself? Like if you get in a situation, can you tap out if it's too much? Oh my God, that's a big one. 
That's yeah, don't. I, I know it seems like, how can I say no? But I mean, this is like any other thing. You get to say no. You get to say, oh, wow, I thought this was a great idea, but I'm out. Yeah. And from experience, there were times where I was in that situation and I wish I had said no. Mm-hmm. It was not it was not pleasant. It was not good. It was not enjoyable in any way. And at the end, it was like, why the fuck did I do that? Like, there was absolutely no reason for me to have said yes to that. But again, the, the, the level of disconnection that exists is just the more, the more aware I become of it within myself. I'm like, Oh my God, this is unreal. I cannot mm-hmm. believe the degree uh, of disconnection that that is there. Mm-hmm. And so asking, asking ourselves these questions, and I think that it's also important to note that if, if, if you are in a relationship or you have been seeing someone, um, still ask yourself those questions for the same reason, because the nervous system, the body is still evolving and growing, especially if you're, if, if you're doing that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're in a process of healing. I mean, if you're doing right. some personal work, you're always in a process of healing and always evolving and people change, you change. So I think it's always good to check in if you have multiple sex partners or you are doing the one night stand thing to check in, like, am I still enjoying this? Does this still feel mm-hmm. good to me? Or, you know, am I burnt out of it? Do I want to try something different? Um, And even if you're in a monogamous relationship and something becomes boring or stale, you and your partner need to check in and have a conversation. You know, what can we do to make this feel better? Um, Maybe there's something going on emotionally in your relationship that's causing you to shut down. I know at times when um, I've been through difficult times in my relationship, not even due to my husband, but things that were going on with my children. Um... I, we had to have conversations about sex and really work because sex really connects us and it feels so good. And it's like this thing that we come together and um, just brings a heart to heart connection, a physical connection. But if I'm stressed about something or feeling like I'm in a trauma response, sex can be the last thing on my mind. So my partner's been really good about talking to me and checking in and, and, you know, it's not always going to be the same. It's an ever changing um, relationship to your own sexuality and to sex with, whether it's with other people or your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having those moments of reflection and, and, and conversation, whether it's with yourself or yeah. with another, that opens up so many things within you and it liberates you from a lot of these ideas we have around these conversations so what I mean by that is um, before my partner, I would never think of having these conversations um, with anyone I was with. One, there wasn't, they were pretty short-lived uh, uh, experiences. They were pretty short-lived, you know, romances. And I just, I wasn't that vulnerable. I saw it as a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. But that also, I had the story that if I say this, I'm weak. If I say this, I'm needy. Mm -hmm. Um, But that just, that was a story that I had. And how true it was, I don't, till this day, I don't really know, right? Because Mm -hmm. I didn't even give the other person an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I just assumed. 
Now, yeah. again, I can understand why I, why I assumed that it was my way of protecting myself. I was very closed off. But that then led to me not asking for what I wanted. One, I didn't really know, but then when I did come to know, when I when I got clearer about that, um, I, I didn't, there was a part of me that didn't ask. And then when I didn't get what I wanted from someone, I would get pissed off. <laughs> right, you just assume they should know. Exactly, right. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I'm surprised, you know, when I've heard couples or just individuals talk about this, and I know in my own experience, when you ask for what you need, rather than seeming needy or like a pain in the ass or whatever, I think people feel like more involved. I think they feel more connected to you. Oh, we're having a conversation. We're participating. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to remember that in everything in life, you're in relationship to. So you're in relationship to sex. And in that relationship, it's important to pay attention to the stories you tell about it. What are your narratives about sex? What are your narratives about the people you're having sex with? Are they true? Are they based in old wounding? Are they based on some protective identity? Um, are they based on what you've seen from porn or anything else or like religion or anything? Or are they based on what you authentically believe? Right. And checking in with those and nurturing that relationship and healing it at your own pace There's no rush. You get to do this on your time and it gets to look however you want it to look. Right. Right. Um, I don't think I have much more. No, I'm good. I I do want to say we are part of a retreat um, June 3rd through 10th in Nosara, Costa Rica with Vanessa Bennett and Danae Logan. And um, it's called Reclaiming Audacity. And if you are interested, you can definitely, um, you can find me at Ashley Torrent 29 on Instagram and Millie, where can they find you? Uh, yeah. So I am on Instagram as astro underscore consciousness. Um, and as Ashley mentioned, it's a week long retreat, the first week of June in Costa Rica. We're so excited, uh, to be joining those ladies. And, so excited. And, you know, doing that beautiful collaboration, um, yeah, thank you and for this conversation and we hope that it's of service and it resonates in some way. Yeah. And I was going to say that our podcast is geared towards grounding spirituality and exploring personal transformation. So if any of you are interested, you can find us where you can find all podcasts. Um, but it's the blue butterfly effect podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation and we look forward to having many more. Thanks, Millie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media. 
no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.